It's Monday, October 9th, and welcome to episode 259 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week in the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI Senior Fellow Morgan Vigna, and I'm joined here today by NSI Senior Fellows Lester Munson, and not one, but two guest hosts, Andrew Boreen and Martha Miller. We're thrilled to have you on today's podcast. Today, we are discussing this weekend's Iran-backed attack by Hamas on Israel. On Saturday, October 7th, terrorists launched a land, air, and sea assault, killing more Jews in any single day since the Holocaust. Hundreds are dead, thousands are wounded, and dozens have been taken hostage, including Americans. Hezbollah has also fired rockets from Lebanon into Israel in a concerning sign that Israel will have to fight a war on two fronts. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has declared a state of war, and Israel launched has launched Operation of Swords of Iron. Despite the administration's reticence to confirm that the attack on Israel was Iranian-backed, the regime in Iran is gloating. This, I'll note, is only a month after the Biden administration released billions in funding for Iran, including $6 billion in a U.S. hostage exchange. In response to Hamas's attack, President Biden released a statement declaring that he is ready to offer all appropriate means of support to Israel, and that Israel has the right to defend itself. Warships and fighter jets have been sent to the region, and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin announced yesterday that the United States will be rapidly providing the IDF additional equipment and resources, including munitions. Les, the first question is going to go to you. The backlash against the Biden administration's approach to the region, and Iran in particular, has been swift, and it's been fierce. Has President Biden's desperation to make a deal with Iran, specifically with respect to its nuclear program, given Iran the confidence to carry out this attack and disrupt the prospects for Arab states normalizing relations with Israel? Yes. Uh, but first, let me uh, let me emphasize that I think the administration is saying all the right stuff right now and taking all the right steps, and that should get broad bipartisan support as much as possible. This is a crisis, and it's important uh, that both Congress and the White House kind of demonstrate that they're supporting the state of Israel during this conflict. I do think in the longer run, it is totally fair to uh, harshly examine the Biden administration's approach to the Middle East, which is based on what I think is a phantasmal idea that Iranian behavior can be normalized through a nuclear deal. Their pursuit of this uh, and uh, of this nuclear deal of reviving the Obama JCPOA and providing Iran with up to $50 billion in sanctions relief over the last two and a half years, I think is a tragic mistake. Uh, but I do want to give the administration credit for, uh, in the last couple of days, its response has been spot on. Andrew, the next question goes to you because you were just in Ukraine. Uh, this war in Israel is going to be a long one and an ugly one. Lawmakers, both Republican and Democrat on Capitol Hill, with the exception with a rare few, and I think we know who they are, um, have demonstrated and issued statements in support of Israel. Uh, what Israel really needs, though, are Tamar interceptors, PGMs, and the like. Do you think Congress will appropriate funding needed to deliver these, especially when funding for Ukraine has been stalled? Uh, I mean, I think that's a really vital question. Um, I did spend last week with uh, civilian and commercial information technology executives in Ukraine. Uh, and this is obviously the news this week just hammers the fact that America can no longer be isolationist. Um, and the hangups on Capitol Hill with internal turmoil uh, really do put at risk our strongest, most staunch allies uh, in democracy on the front lines against, in one case, uh, a Russian oligarch-led uh, authoritarian regime that is violating sovereign laws uh, and disrespecting human rights and committing war crimes in Ukraine. Uh, the Ukrainian people are the front line of democracy in Europe, and they need support. now. 
after this weekend's events, which is uh, after 20 plus years of observing irregular warfare and terrorism, uh, I, I do staunchly be believe this is the most unprecedented combined assault. It brought together air, both manned and unmanned, rockets, maritime attack, uh, ground assault, uh, on a level of operational security against the gold standard for counterterrorism, surveillance, monitoring, sophisticated human intelligence and signals intelligence. Um, and our hearts are breaking for the Israeli people right now. There is no possible defense for the actions of Hamas. Uh, and if it does lead to uh, a, a very, I would say, I hope it's not, but if it leads to a conclusion that Iran or the Quds Force or Iranian Republican Guard Corps leadership was supporting this and providing, uh, whether it's technology, planning, offsite logistics, et cetera, uh, there is a real risk of a massive regional conflagration. And so I, I, I would just like to, for the podcast listeners, right now is not a time for finger pointing. It's not a time for partisanship in America. It's a time to rally behind our allies in Israel, just as we need to sustain our support for our allies on the ground in Ukraine. These are the frontline forces of democracy. And unfortunately, it is under attack globally. And America can't sit still on the sideline. So, Martha, tell me, what, what do you think this means for the region? Uh, the United States has been heavily involved in negotiations with Saudi Arabia and Israel in their efforts to, to normalize. Resolving issues around the Palestinian territories were, were part of this. Where, where did normalization efforts go from here? Uh, well, I think that's a million dollar question. Um, and I'm, I don't know if that I have an answer for that. Um, you know, the, I think the, the timing of this uh, attack uh, certainly coincides with the pause and the normalization of, of uh, relations between the Saudis and Israelis. And I think Iran, per usual, is uh, very happy to support uh, its proxies to destabilize the region. So this has certainly uh, cast a shadow um, on uh, the the progress that the, the, between Saudi Arabia and Israel. And certainly um, if Hezbollah launches attacks uh, from the north, I, I think that this could play out in, in many different ways that are hard to predict. Thanks for that, y'all. I'm going to take the final word today. Um, in the days and weeks ahead, the United States should stand shoulder to shoulder with Israel. This includes providing security assistance, iron dome interceptors, precision guided munitions, spare parts, and intelligence support. These are all needed. The United States needs to underscore the legality of Israel's operations, uh, proceed with Israeli-Saudi negotiations, and disarm, defund, and isolate Iran. To those who, whose loved ones in Israel are missing, I am praying for their safe return. Um, and to those who have lost loved ones, may their memory be a blessing. That's a wrap. Thanks to Tatum Clifton, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday, October 11th, for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.